Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in Clemson football with LeVon Kirkland. joining us today. Uh, LeVon is busy uh, today, so he wasn't able to make it on the podcast. He had other things to do with his other job. I totally understand that. So I called in the backup. And of course, my backup most of the time, my go-to guy is Alex Dodd, uh, the Clemson Insider. Alex, welcome, buddy. Appreciate you joining us. This is just like high school football. I was always the the go-to backup at receiver. Well, that just means you're <laughs> counting on. Like, we can count on you. Yeah, I know the plays. I know the way it works. I'm not a superstar, but I, I know what to do. Right. I that, get the job done. And that's very important. And um, <laughs> and, and especially with today, because I got you on. As people are listening to this, it's um, we're recording this on Tuesday, so a lot of stuff's going on as we're talking right now. Um, and um, and what I mean by that is the coaching carousel that it's has been. It's going round and round today. It's been going round and round. So we got some news and notes on that. Um, just to let you know, for at this point in time, this is as of 12.54 on Tuesday as we record this podcast, we don't know what's up with Brent Venables, but we do have one update that Alex has just seen just a second ago on Brent Venables. And Alex, could you tell the listeners what that is? Uh, Brent Venables was spotted you know, just a few minutes ago here on Tuesday uh, at Hayes High School with Dabo Sweeney uh, on a visit with recruits, so that is in Texas. We'll say it's very geographically close to <laughs> to a state where he may end up. You know, who knows? Could be in the next twenty four hours. Could never happen. We don't. We don't really know. Um, but that is, I guess, if you're looking for positive signs as a Clemson fan, that that's one that you would probably uh, take note of. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that. I don't know if it says everything, but it. Last night or Monday night, he was uh, out recruiting with Dabo Sweeney. Um, um, they were together. Uh, we know that much. We know that uh, he went to his little girl's, uh, his daughter's uh, basketball game last night before he hit the recruiting trail. So we know that he's been out recruiting for Clemson uh, the last two days. Now, it doesn't mean he's staying. We're just saying what the facts are at this time. Yeah, we don't know what's going on at the hotel. You know, we don't know what's going on in his hotel room or anything. But I can tell you this much. He's with Dabo Sweeney, and I can tell you they're both talking about it. Yes. Um, and so, because uh, Dabo is... Dabo is, is doing dual recruiting duty well, today. I can tell you that much. Maybe. I think, <laughs> I think what would happen if Brent is offered the job, I think he would want Dabo's feedback on how to do things. 
And one of the things Dabo is very good at, and I think everybody will agree with this, is Dabo is very good at um, shaking hands and kissing babies. He's very good with the media. He's very good at rubbing elbows with the boosters out there. Dabo does those things well. Dabo is an extrovert. Britt Venables is an introvert. He doesn't do those things very well. He likes to just sit in his office and break down film and do football. That's Brent Venables. That's what he loves to do, loves to recruit, loves to talk to recruits and, and, and their families, and then he loves to do football things. And I would imagine he's talking to Dabo about how do you handle all those other things that comes with being a head coach and still get to do football. How do you do it? Because Dabo does a good job of balancing all that out with his family, his coaching, and everything else that comes along with being the head coach at Clemson. And I'm sure Brent is leaning on him heavily. And so I can see a scenario, and then we'll get to our, our sponsors here with the uh, uh, here on the podcast that is betonline.ag. Dabo, I can see this scenario happening. If Brent Venables comes to Dabo and says, what should I do? Dabo's going to say, if you want to take the job, I'm 100% behind you. I'll support you. I think you're going to do a great job. But if you don't, that's what I can see Dabo doing. But if you don't want to take it, then we'll probably give you $500,000 raise at Clemson. Yeah. I mean, I think Clemson will give him whatever they can. I mean, I'm sure Dabo Sweeney probably be willing to shave a little bit off the raise. He's probably going to get in this. Uh, With this market going crazy. Yeah, I mean, the market is, is going way up. I Nick, mean, Newsflash, Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney are getting raises. I can tell yeah, you that I right mean, when Brian Kelly, there were reports on, on Monday night that he was going to be making – Fifteen million dollars a year, been, and that's that's been debunked. He's gonna be yeah. making about nine and a half. Right, but still, that that's drives more, the market up. <laughs> that's more than Dabo's making. Exactly, Dabo's making nine point three. Um, you know, at the end of his contract, so Dabo's was a ninety-three million dollar. Brian Kelly's is a hundred, like ninety-five million dollar ten years. So Dabo's gonna get a raise. But regardless, you're right. I think Dabo does that if he, even if it means him giving up some of his raise to keep Brent Venables happy. Uh, not that Brent needs the money, but I think it's more of those, if you're going to be loyal to Clemson and stay at Clemson, then we'll take care of you. And right now, reports are out there that Brian Kelly's trying to get his defensive coordinator and make him the highest paid defensive coordinator in the country. I can see Clemson saying not so fast if they get to keep Brent Venables, and Brent Venables will make more than he whatever he's going to make. Right. So if Clemson keeps him. So um, I would say keep a lookout. Things could break while we're doing this podcast. We'll try to keep it up to date. Then you'll know. You won't, you'll already know by the time you hear this podcast in the morning, but if you're listening at 7 a.m. right now. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll do what we can, at least on this podcast, to, get, to stay on beat. That way, at least we're up to speed on it. But before we get into more of the coaching carousel, and there's a lot to go over, let me talk about our sponsors at Bet Online. Uh, they have a new web interface for the rest of the NBA season um, and the rest of college bowl season that's coming up. They got the championships this week. You also got the uh, NFL is just really just a little bit over halfway through its season as it starts heading down the backstretch to uh, to the NFL playoffs. So Bet Online remains your number one sport uh, spot, excuse me, for all the basketball and football action this season. So head over um, to their desktop or your desktop or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Believe Fifty. That's B L E A V Fifty. The number 50, that is. Use, again, B-L-E-A-V, the number 50, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and USC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available 
for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Again, that's BetOnline, where the game starts. A lot of news and notes to get to, Alex, um, around the Clemson program. We just mentioned a little bit about Brent Venables. We're going to discuss more of that here in just a second. But we also got uh, today the ACC announced um, their all-ACC team. Um, and so we got uh, that right here. and just kind of give you thoughts on that. Four Clemson Tigers made the first team all-ACC. Clemson had four players named to the all-ACC first team defense on Tuesday, while ten Tigers overall were named to the three all-ACC teams. Uh, Clemson announced, uh, excuse me, the Atlantic Coast Conference announced its 2021 all-ACC team, including ten selections from that Clemson, second most in the conference. Um, Clemson has now produced double-digit all-ACC selections in each of the last seven seasons. Uh, Clemson, as I said, collected four first-team selections, all from defense as defensive tackle Tyler Davis, linebacker James Skowski, and cornerbacks Andrew Booth and Mario Goodrich all earned first-team nods. Three Clemson players were selected to the second team, including offensive tackle Jordan McFadden, defensive tackle Miles Murphy, and place kicker B.T. Potter, defensive end Xavier Thomas, and defensive tackle Brian Brzee, along with safety Andrew Mokuba, round out the Tigers' selections with three-team honors. Uh, Pittsburgh wow. had 12, obviously uh, led by uh, Kenny Pickett um, as the all-first-team, all-ACC quarterback no surprise there. Pickett had 40, a record 40 touchdown passes, and is, is one touchdown shy. The ACC single season record set by Deshaun Watson over a 15 game span in 2016. So Kenny Pickett, um, he's the first quarterback in the history of the ACC to have 40 touchdown passes in a regular season. Um, so uh, congratulations to him. He's obviously going to be named ACC Player of the Year. Pretty confident about that. Um, so Alex, but. Here's the one surprise. Nothing surprised me, the guys that got selected for Clemson. Here's the one that surprised me, Brian Brzee. Yeah, I mean, what does that he say? He played in four games. I, I mean, what does that say about what he means to Clemson's team and what he meant in those four games? He's a first team or a third team all ACC selection when he missed, you know, two thirds of the season. I know. And, and, and not only that, what does it say if you're South Carolina that you didn't have to see him and you still didn't score on Clemson? Uh, <laughs> you know, imagine how bad it would have been if Brian Brzee was in the game. But, um, you know, I, I, that selection that selection surprised me because I've, I've always been one, if, if a guy's injured and he can't finish out the season, if he's played the majority of the season, I get it, but he only played a third of the season. Right. He only played four of the 12 games, and so I'm like – does he really deserve – I mean, I'm happy for Brian. And, yes, he is an all-ACC caliber player, and he's an All-American if he played all year. But he didn't finish the season out. And I think there's probably somebody who maybe did that probably deserved that spot. More in my opinion. Right. That's how I look at it if I was a voter. But, hey, each his own. This is this day and age where everybody gets a trophy. That's what, <laughs> that's what we are. And so, you know. But don't get me wrong. I think Brian Brzee is one of the best defensive tackles in the country – and if he played all season, he'd been first team all ACC. But I just think maybe somebody probably got left out because they put Brian Brzee in that spot. And I don't know if Brian really – and I think Brian would probably say that too, to be honest with you, because he didn't finish out the season. And it's important to finish out the season. Yeah. But you're right. It does say the level of respect he has around the conference uh, that, they, that the writers and the coaches still put him in as a, uh, as a third team all ACC selection. Uh, as far as the others, though, no surprise, Tyler Davis, first team, James Skowski, first team, uh, 
uh, Andrew Booth and Mario Goodrich first teams. But the one who just surprised me that's not in there is Baylor Specter. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking the same thing as I was looking at the list. I, I don't really understand how you don't put Baylor Specter, you know, at least as a third team linebacker uh, in the All ACC list. But mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest with you, these All ACC teams over the last several years haven't made a, a ton of sense to me no. the way that they rank. I mean, Brennan Armstrong, I guess because of injury, is the third team quarterback in the ACC, and he was, you know, unbelievable. Right. All season, regardless of how his team played, as a quarterback, there was there wasn't any problem with Brennan Armstrong in this season for Virginia. No, he had a great year, um, and they just couldn't close it out. Lost the last four games. Of course, he missed two of those games, um, but he played the last two. So, um, yeah, a little, little surprised by that. By the way, in case you were wondering, Clemson had no players on first team offense. No surprise. Uh, four on defense, as we mentioned. They had two players first team offense, though one of those was. B.T. Potter, uh, they put him down as a specialist, but I count that as offense, a kicker, because you score. I count it as offense. That's how I do it. So, semantics, if you will. <laughs> um, you know, and then um, they had one team guy on second team defense, um, which is Xavier Thomas, and then the, um, I believe that was, was it Xavier Thomas? Am I right on that? Um, and yeah, the, Xavier Thomas. And then right. they had three guys on the second team, on third team defense, none on third team offense. So, really... Only one offensive player, and that was Jordan McFadden, was named to the three All-ACC teams. Um, a little surprised not to see um, our boy um, Will Shipley on maybe the third team. Yeah. Um, he was he was definitely a spark plug for Clemson, and he really got the running game going. Um, so, you know, maybe if he played a couple of those games that he got injured and played, maybe he would have had bigger numbers and – but, I mean, he had, what, over 10 touchdowns? And, right. You know, um, led Clemson in rushing. And, you know, um, they fin- he finished the season strong with back-to-back 100-yard games to finish the season. Three for the, for the year. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. But that's that's that one. Also, speaking of uh, Mario Goodrich, who was named first-team All-ACC, <coughs> he today accepted a Senior Bowl invite. So, if you were wondering if Mario Goodrich was going to come back for a sixth season, that would be No. Well, when you when you're a cornerback and you have a first team all league kind of year, it makes sense for you to you know go ahead and get yeah. to the next level. I mean, there's not a, a super long shelf life for cornerbacks in the league, so if you're at that level, you need to take the money. Absolutely. So uh, a fourth year senior, Goodrich had the option of returning to Clemson for another season after the NCAA granted eligibility relief to all fall sports last season. And the and due to the coronavirus pandemic, but uh, Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney had said recently that Goodrich probably intended to end of next year's draft, and that obviously is the case. Uh, Goodrich had 47 tackles and an interception this season. He's second on the team with seven pass breakups. Um, the Senior Bowl will be played February 5th at uh, Lad Pebbles Stadium in Mobile, Alabama. Um, if you ever been there, I've been there once. Um, South Carolina, they've been there a few times, haven't they? South Carolina has been there a couple times. <laughs> um, and, and they're going to go to the Birmingham Bowl probably this year. Yeah, it's uh, a Birmingham or Independence. It's one of those two. Oh, boy. They get to go to Shreveport again. <laughs> you know, so good luck. Shreveport, the home away from home for the South Carolina Gamecocks. You Absol- know what the home away from home for Clemson is? What's that? Williams Bryce Stadium. <laughs> this is a weird dateline Greensboro, South Carolina, uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, and Burbank, California. 
uh, as the datelines. <laughs> I don't know how you can have two datelines, but the ACC announced this today. Um, I, I, I guess it's written in both places because that's what datelines mean. When you see it on a story, it means it's where the story was originated from. So um, announced earlier, uh, the Atlantic Coast Conference announced earlier today that it will distribute the ACC network to its Affinity customers, allowing fans and followers of the Atlantic Coast Conference to access the multi-platform network of the coming weeks. The availability of the ACC network is part of the Comcast and the Walt Disney Company's content carriage agreement renewal that will continue to make Disney's programming available to Xfinity TV customers with the addition of Comcast ACC network is now fully distributed with every major satellite, teleco, and digital provider across the country and, and is now available to nearly 90 million households. Further launch details in Comcast Affinity markets will be available in the coming weeks. Um, so there's big news for the ACC. Uh, you wished, Alex, that this would have been handed down a few weeks ago or maybe earlier in the football season um, because this would have been a big deal for this year's money. Um, but this obviously will now go to next year's. Uh, but this will cause the ACC to be a little more competitive right. in the television market with those other conferences, namely the SEC and uh, the Big Ten Network and those guys, when they go back to renegotiate in a few years. Uh, they'll be able to go back and maybe make a little more money. So this is good for ACC altogether with all the schools where they can make a little bit of money, especially this year when you've, they're not going to have any college football playoff money that Clemson has been giving them the last couple of years. Right, and, and it's also good for the ACC because you remember when the ACC Network came out and everybody was criticizing them because they couldn't get the channel on their TV. Uh, and the conference has done a really good job of, uh, of expanding the network and, and getting in with different providers and – you know, now they're in with all the major providers, so that's kind of a kind of a success story there. That is. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I actually have a, a, a note from Monday. Valerie Cagle. Yes. Playing in the 18U. Of course, Valerie Cagle is. Let people know. Uh, the superstar for Clemson women's softball. Uh, played for Team USA, the under-18 team. Yesterday against Columbia, she was three for three. Against who? Columbia, Columbia. Not Columbia. Uh, she was three for three with three homers, two of which were grand slams, and she finished the game with ten RBIs. So if anybody was wondering if you know maybe she was going to slow down or cool off going into this season, I think that I would disagree. <laughs> yeah, and so um, and by the way, you can buy season tickets right now for Clemson's women's softball. How interesting is that that Clemson is selling tickets for women's softball, but they did not sell tickets for women's basketball. I'm going to leave that there. Um, though I love you, Coach Butler, and I think you're doing a fine job. But still. Well, one of those teams won the ACC last year, and one of them did not. Yeah, so but one of them was playing for an NCAA tournament bid last year one, and did the year before go to it. So, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm going to leave it there. I think it says more, I think it says more about what is – what people care about in the upstate of South Carolina. That's my point. That's what I said. About that's why I said I'm gonna leave it there. That's why I said I'm gonna leave it there. Uh, but Coach Butler and um, and, and her <coughs> doing a good job. I know they lost to the Gamecocks recently, but South Carolina's the number one team in the country, and that program's in a different level stratosphere than where Amanda is with her as she tries to continue to build the Clemson program. They had a big win over Penn State. They did. They I mean, up a couple other good non-conference. They're playing wins. well right now. The Clemson women's basketball program's in good shape. I I really like where Amanda's doing with this program and. I think people need to go out and watch it, especially since it's free this year. You got no excuse not to go watch it. So exactly, go, go watch them and go and go cheer on them as well. But uh, also, speaking of things you can watch, you next this coming week you can watch the men's soccer team 
They advance to the Elite Eight of the soccer tournament. They'll play Oregon State. They're at Oregon State for that game. Um, again, I asked this on the message board at the Clemson Insider earlier. Like, why in the world is Clemson going all the way across country as a top ten team to play Oregon State? <clears throat> Clemson's a top ten team. Why can't they stay somewhere on the East Coast to play? I think that's the NCAA really needs to look at this. Did they do this in baseball? Well, it they, was all it the was, time. It had to do with the seating. I mean, Clemson. Well, of course, Clemson had a seating. Clemson didn't do as well as they would have wanted to in the ACC, and that's why they had a Well, I understand that, but my point being is, with this day and age, especially with the coronavirus still out there, especially with the cost to travel for these Olympic sports, it's not like they make money. You know what I'm saying? These are yeah. these are non-revenue sports. You would think that the NCAA would be a little more sensitive to flying teams like Clemson all the way across the country, especially when I understood if Clemson was a number 16 seed. But Clemson's not. Clemson's like, what, a two-seed or a three-seed? Clemson is is the eight-overall seed. They're the eight-overall the seed, and they're flying up. And Oregon State. State is the number one overall seed. In the make That's Clemson, why they're flying up. But make Clemson not the number eight, where they're not, where they're, or they're the number eight, but they're flying over, they're flying on the East Coast. That's my point. You can still work that out in NCAA. You, you can figure a way to make where the number eight seed is on the West Coast, and the number seven seed is on the East Coast, or however you want to work that. There's... It doesn't matter. When you're the top four seeds, does it matter if you're one? Does well, it matter if you're two, three, or four? If of the the, okay, so looking at the bracket. If you're the top four seeds, so you see my point. There, right? there are matter. 16 seeded teams in the NCAA soccer tournament. That's the, the format that they Correct. use. Correct, just like a lot of other sports. The only school that is on the West Coast in those 16 seeds is number one seed Oregon State. So somebody was going to have to do it. The best soccer in the country okay, right is now there is there a Midwestern on the team? Is there a Midwestern team? Uh, like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, anybody like that? Tulsa, yeah, Tulsa's Oklahoma. They're the sixth seed in the tournament. So why not make Tulsa, knowing this could happen, make sure they're the number eight seed? Because it doesn't matter if you're six, seven, or eight. You know what I'm saying? Five, six, seven, or eight. You're going to host all the way up until this round. If you're one through four, you're going to host all the way through. So it doesn't matter. So you know that's um that's the key there. Um. To me, that's just my one complaint. That's just the only complaint I have. Well, it wouldn't be you if you didn't have at least one complaint, Will. That's true. <laughs> that's true. No, you're right. But um, anyway, we wish uh, Coach Noonan and his team uh, all the best of luck as they head out there and try to take it a step further and get to the um, the College Cup uh, Final Four uh, for soccer. So uh, we'll see if they, uh, that they can do that. Uh, so good luck to those guys um, as they continue their season. Uh, Alex, now it kind of brings us to the coaching carousel that we were talking about earlier. Um, in case you've been living under a rock, uh, <laughs> you know, um, Leakin Riley is headed to Southern Cal. Well, he's already been announced as the head coach at Southern Cal. He leaves Oklahoma, kind of surprised them. Um, Oklahoma, of course, pursuing Brent Venables as one of their many candidates. Uh, also, um, and then last night, the stunner of all stunners, and I say last night, I mean Monday night, the stunner of all stunners, Brian Kelly is named the new head coach at LSU. Yes, Notre Dame's Brian Kelly. He gets a 10-year, $95 million deal uh, to be the new head coach of the uh, of the LSU. It's going to be hard for me to say. Uh, so that's the out there. Uh, also, let you know, Virginia Tech names Penn State's Brent Pry. As its new head coach, not Brent Venables. No, I know people are having a heart attack out there. Um, <laughs> they named Brent Pry 
as their head coach. He's the defensive coordinator or was the defensive coordinator at Penn State. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, incentives and bonuses and all that stuff, Lincoln Riley, I don't know if you heard the deal, he's going to get, uh, for them, okay, oh, this is what they're doing. This is what Southern Cal's doing. Are you talking about Annie and up? All right, so they're going to not only give him a $100 million contract, <clears throat> okay, which is like $10 million a year, I believe. Not only are they going to do that, Alex, they're going to buy both his houses, the one he's currently living in and the one he was building at Oklahoma, okay, buying both of them. And then they're also going to give him, I think, $300,000 or $500,000 extra on uh, each house. On each house. So he's going to make a million dollars total off each house to combine to the two houses. And that's above the asking price. That's, above, not just that's 500000 above the asking price. Not just what he paid for it. So he's going to be making more than a million dollars. Right. One of those houses is being built. Correct. So <laughs> then, 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 then they're also going to give him a $6 million house in Los Angeles. So he doesn't have to, of that $10 million, he doesn't have to pay for a house. <laughs> and they're giving him an extra million for the two houses he sold in uh, in Norman, so wow! Not only are you making me ten million dollars, you're giving me a free place to live. Oh, by the way, I'm pretty sure he's getting free automobiles. And oh, by the way, his family has total access to the team plane anytime they want to use it. Sounds like a pretty sweet deal. Well, how do I get me one of those? I don't know, man. Well, I we we went into the wrong profession. We should have been coaches instead of yeah. You know, I'd have to go back to school and do all that more, but you know, oh well, I should have done it. Maybe, maybe there is. A, I've always thought coaching, like because of the, and it, most of the time it is the case. It's just so what if if you got a job from one year to the next, no matter what level you're on. So, but you know, if you get, if you end up being a Brian Kelly or a you know um, Lincoln Riley, you're in good shape. So, um, also just to let you know real fast, Urban Meyer says he's not leaving the NFL for any college job. So sorry, Notre Dame, according to Urban Meyer. I don't, I don't believe it saved my life. Uh, I mean, yeah. Can you really trust anything that Urban Meyer says? No. I mean, I trusted him about as much as I trust that girl he was with. Yeah, I think I trust him as much as his wife does right now. Oh. <laughs> sorry, Buckeye fans. Uh, no, we're sorry, not. Sorry, Urban. Sorry. No, we're not. We're not sorry. Let's just call it. We're not sorry. Me and Levon talk about it all the time. We're like, we kid, but really we're not. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, there's some news and notes. Um, and that kind of leads us, because of the coaching carousel, that leads us to Brent Venables. And so, Alex, i got to ask, man. <laughs> you know, we, me and you talk to people. You know people. I know people. We kind of bang heads a little bit to see kind of what it all means. Um, your thoughts, as we sit here at 1.20 on, Thursday, on Tuesday, no news yet of Brent Venables going anywhere. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Do you think he's going? Well, I will say that I saw at least 100 fans on Twitter this morning saying that he was at Norman, but obviously that was not the case. And I misspoke earlier. Hayes High School, there is one in Texas, but he is not at that one. He's at the one in Kansas. Oh. So he's farther away from Norman than we thought he was. Okay. Um, But, you know, I think that's a good sign for Clemson. Uh, but then again, I mean, we've talked about this several times. If there's one job in the country that Brent Venables would take, it's, it's this one. Right. This is the, the job that he would take. So I, I don't really know what it means that he's on the road recruiting right now. I don't know if it means that he really hasn't been offered. I don't know if he's if it means that, you know, I, I don't know what it means. Uh, I was talking to somebody last night, uh, 
And this person, basically our conclusion was really the only people that know what's going on and with these coaching changes are the ADs, uh, well, the administrations, the coaches, and their families. Those are really the only and, people. And, and a agent. lot of times families don't know. And the agent. And well, Yeah, and the agent. Yeah, the agent knows more than anybody because uh, he's talking to both schools <laughs> in <laughs> most cases. Um, but really, the, uh, outside of those people, I mean, if if this year has shown anything, it's that really a lot of the media don't know anything. I mean, none of the media at Oklahoma knew that, well, that Lincoln yeah, Riley was gone. Yeah, I wouldn't say we don't know anything. There's just none things. of the media. At, uh, well, it's like at this, Notre Dame like this, like this. Look, we're not going to report something if we don't know totally the actual facts to the thing. Right. So I wouldn't say it's fair to say the media didn't know anything. They might have. They just might not have had enough to go on it. So you got to understand how it works. Of course, you do. Uh, so I, I want people out there to understand how it works. Though, we're also talking. There's about, a lot of things. We me, are. There's also, a lot of things. Me and you both know. Right. That I could report, but I'm not going to because it's really not pertinent information to give out. It's not going to. It's not going to tell you anything different. We're talking about two places that had very limited access to begin with. If there's one thing you could say about the way Lincoln Riley was running the show right, good in Oklahoma this year is that the media didn't have a lot of access. And the same thing with Brian Kelly's entire tenure at, at Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, by the way, LSU media, well, uh, you're going to love Brian Kelly. And it, <laughs> this is funny. I saw a tweet yesterday that said, uh, it feels like a thousand years since uh, Brian Kelly said he was going to execute his players. <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't, but he... Uh, he said he wanted to. He, he did. He did say he wanted to. Now we know why he's leaving. I guess. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, but you know, interesting. Brian Kelly is leaving a Notre Dame team that Alex went eleven and one, could still make the college football playoff, and next year they're bringing everybody back on that team. I mean, um, they were in position to be the team to really be in the top four to start the season. Maybe you could argue could be number one or two, considering how they finish with the bowl game and all. I mean, they really are in that kind of shape. Now, this is going to – it won't set Notre Dame back, I don't think. But, but it, it might. Could, but it, but, well, it might It might in the long run, but not right now because they got too many players uh, coming back and all. And, and it seems like those players are staying in Notre Dame for the most part. So, it's interesting. It's just an interesting move. It's a, clearly a money deal. I mean, he's making. He was probably making around five million dollars at Notre Dame. Now he's making like double that. I mean, so it clearly was a money deal with with him, and I'm sure there's incentives that are make it even greater. Um, so it's an interesting move. So what does this all mean for Brent Venables? Well, like I said, there's things we know that I really can't report right now because that wouldn't be fair to report it. Um, so there's things we know. Um, there's a lot going on. We'll tell you what we do know. Well, we just tweeted, as Alex did, he's uh, visiting Haynes High School in Kansas. Um, so um, he's with Dabo Sweeney. There's a picture of it. I tweeted it. Alex tweeted it. So you can go to our websites, uh, our Twitter accounts. Mine is at Steeler Will and find it there. Alex, yours is? Alex Dodd Show. There you go. You can find those on Twitter. You'll see what we're talking about. Um, now, I asked Alex the question, do I think he's going? I think if Brent Venables is offered a job, he's going. I really do. Um I just think there's no way. This is a job you can't turn down, whether you like being a head coach or not. And this is always that one job. Everybody has that thing that can buy them out. Everybody does. No matter who, which, who you are, there's that one thing 
Everybody? Everybody except Jesus, maybe. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's the only guy. That's the only guy who couldn't be bought out. I mean, remember remember the whole story there with him and the devil and walking walking the desert and so you remember all that's that, true. right? I mean I mean Southern Cow took took Lincoln Riley up to the top of that building and said, All this is yours, you bow down to me and he's worshiping the Trojan gods right now. Oh he yeah, he, no pun intended. <laughs> um but no, so yeah, I mean, that's my point. Like, everybody has a pr- asking price. Everybody has an asking price. So to say, oh, Brent loves Clemson, and he does. Brent Brian loves Kelly, Clemson. Brian that Kelly doesn't mean he's going to stay at Clemson. Brian Kelly left the Catholic Church to go to LSU. Talk about two places that are fundamentally different. Well, there are some good Catholic churches, though, in the Bayou, so he'll be all right. He'll find some. It'll be a little different than what he's used to, but uh, he'll find it, one. It'll be a little different. Yeah, um, but... Yeah, I, I just think, you know, this is a place, Brent Venables is, is very, is good friends with the AD. I mean, really good friends with the AD. Um, he loves Oklahoma. I know a lot of people think because of the way it happened and how he came to Clemson and, and that, you know, um, Stoops brought in his brother and back and Venables was a little <clears throat> upset about that, and he was, but Venables didn't burn any bridges while he was there when he left. He didn't burn any bridges. In fact... He really like even questioned should he be leaving um, at that time, and so there's he's got great relationships still in Oklahoma. It's a place he feels like he could raise his two daughters because uh, he's got two young daughters. Um, he could raise them there and be fine with it. He loves the people there. The only other place he loves more than Norman is Clemson, and that's it. And so and he really loves Clemson here, but. I just want Clemson fans to know, in case nothing's happened yet before they hear this, it doesn't mean just because he loves Clemson and we've heard that he doesn't want to be a coach that he wouldn't go to Oklahoma because I think he would. I think he would. Go ahead. What you got? We do have some uh, some breaking news right here as of about 14 minutes ago when we sit here on Tuesday. Yeah. The University of Kentucky announced a contact, contract extension for Mark Stoops through 2027. Yep. Every year with seven – Wins the contract is extended one more year. Ten wins extended two more years. Yeah, so basically <clears throat> that was them making sure they didn't get uh, – that they take Bob Stoops' name out of the running for the – Mark Stoops. Excuse me, Mark Stoops' name out of the running for the head coaching job at Oklahoma because he was re- linked to that as well. So, so that's another guy that's out, you know, which I don't know how much a serious candidate he was, but good for Kentucky to go ahead and say we're not going to take any chances. You know, so – that's Brent Venables. Um, you know, we'll see what happens, man. If Coach V goes, man, I don't blame him, Alex. Do you? I mean, I don't blame him. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely don't blame him. Can you blame somebody for, you know, going back to a place that they called home for a, a high, one of the highest profile jobs in the country? I mean, I, I wouldn't blame him for doing it. No. There's no way. I mean, Clemson fans couldn't feel raw about it in any way. I mean, especially with all that Brent Venables has done. For Clemson, you know, six playoff appearances, two national championships, all the ACC titles and wins over the Gamecocks and everything else. And what a great way to go out if he leaves Clemson. What a way to go yeah, out. Yeah, we talked about this yesterday, too. Just to go out, you know, with a shutout, with, you know, one of the one of the best defenses that you've, that you've coached at Clemson uh, in a weird, wacky year to finish with five straight wins. And, you know, I, I mean – that's a nice way to ride off into the sunset if, if that's what you want to do. If it wasn't for Georgia, he'd be the number one scoring defense in the country. <laughs> but Georgia's pretty good. Um, so, 
but yeah, I mean, just uh, good for good for um, for Brent. Congratulations to him if it does happen. Um, if not, if he stays at Clemson, congratulations to him too because I think he'll get a raise out of it. So either way, Brent Venables is getting a raise, even though we probably knew he was. Um, but um, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, by the time I come on for podcast on Thursday, we'll know what's going to happen. Um, I got a hunch we probably will. So um, we'll we'll see as that goes on. If anything changes while we're doing this, we'll talk about that as well. But we're going to move on. And um, Alex, so did you hear the comments made by South Carolina quarterback Jason Brown <laughs> after the Tigers beat South Carolina thirty to nothing? Not only that, held them to two hundred and six total yards and held them to 43 yards of total offense. Um, By the way, Brown was horrible in this game. Um, This is how horrible he was. (laughs) Let me me pull that up here. Um, Pull up the South Carolina stats in case y'all are wondering what we're doing. Um, So I pull up the stats, and so Brown, he went 18, excuse me, 8 of 19 for 67 yards and two interceptions. Now, this is what he said about Clemson's 30-0 win. He was asked, what did Clemson do to confuse you guys and to cause you problems? Did you see anything different? He says, and I quote, I don't think they really did anything defensively to make it hard. We pretty much picked up everything. There, There was a few things we missed. So he said, again, that Clemson did not do anything on defense to make it hard for them and that they pretty much picked up everything. <laughs> what okay. did they pick up? Well, I'm about to figure <laughs> out. What did they pick up? Because I got, I, got a, I got a big old goose egg on the scoreboard that says otherwise. What did you pick up, Jason? What, I, I, I want to know what you picked up. What? Oh, I also thought it was funny when he, he was talking about the interception he threw uh, out in the flat, the to, one that to Andrew Booth, the other Booth, the one that yeah, Booth, the first Booth, the interception. Booth, Booth interception, yeah, that was after the first would be Booth interception that probably would have been a house call. Uh, <laughs> he said that he was throwing, he was throwing out to the flat because it was a hot call if Clemson brought pressure. But the funniest thing about that play is. Clemson didn't bring any pressure. Yeah, Clemson brought none. They were sitting in zone. So Jason Brown was seeing ghosts in the first quarter. Yeah, and, the, and Clemson had not sacked him. Did not sack him yet at yeah. that point in time. And and um, so yeah, he. I don't understand. You know, first of all, why can't you just give Clemson credit? Just give Brent Venables and them credit. They did confuse you. They were doing things we haven't seen them do all year against you. I mean, they were sitting back playing zone. We thought they were going to bring the house and try to sack you. I think you thought that, too. They did a lot to them, what they did to Georgia, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah. They, they really did. And um, it confused South Carolina. They were not ready for it. I don't care what he says. Because if they were, they would have had more than 206 total yards, and they would have ran for more than 43. They yeah. weren't ready for it. Clemson, front four, Brent Venables was very good with this because what he did is he's like, they can't run on my front four. So I'm not even worried about it. I'm going to sit my linebackers and my DBs pretty much in zone. We'll play a little zone concepts here and there, and we'll just confuse the quarterback. That's what they did to you, Jason Brown. That's what they did to you. They did confuse you. They did do different things you hadn't seen because they didn't need to do anything else. 
because they weren't worried about your running game. They didn't think you guys could run the ball on them. So they was like, our front four is going to stop you. So we ain't worried about it. We're going to play zone behind you. We're going to confuse you all day because we know you can't run the ball on us. And that's what they did. I thought that was very um, – I don't know, man. What is it about South Carolina quarterbacks not want to give Clemson credit? Uh, Jake Bentley a few years ago did the same thing when Clemson beat them, you know, beat them like a drum, and they said never again. What was yeah. that, the 56-7 game? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say that. Very, very Jake Bentley-esque comments there from uh, from Jason Brown. I mean, and, yeah, I kind of feel bad for the kid. You know, he's third-string quarterback. South Carolina people put all these expectations on him going into the game that he was going to be the next, I don't know, Steven Garcia or something. Right. And that's just not who he was. It's never going to be who he was. I mean, he's the third-string quarterback for a reason. But come on, man. <laughs> you can't say that you guys were picking it up and that Clemson didn't do anything. Right. Like all you got to say, I mean, the way I would say that is – Clemson just had our number tonight. There's some things we could have done probably better. We didn't do it. We didn't execute. And you give hats off to Clemson. How many times this year did Clemson's three losses, did you hear the Clemson players, even DJ, you, he said hats off to Pittsburgh right. for what they did. You know, he, he gave credit Pittsburgh. They did some things got that, that we, weren't, we didn't see, blah, blah, blah. Gave them total credit for what they were doing, for right. what happened. Like – Dude, step up and own it. You're the quarterback of that team. You got to step up and own that you sucked, and that 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 Clemson confused you. And it's okay. It happened. You know what? Clemson has confused a lot of teams. You know they confused a guy who was a first round draft pick named Tua Tagovailoa. <laughs> you know, so you know they won a national championship against that guy. Right. You're like the worst quarterback they played during this seven year stretch they've been on, or ten year last ten years. I mean, let's call it like it is. He probably is, right? He probably is the worst quarterback they played. Yeah. And, and, you know, other guys have come on and given Clemson credit. You need to give Clemson credit, too. I thought that was poor taste. I don't know if he intentionally meant to do it, but he's got to think about that when he's answering questions. Right. Like, it comes off like, dude, you're not giving Clemson credit for them just beating the snot out of you because it was 30 to nothing, dude. It wasn't like it was 3 to nothing. Oh, exactly. It was 30 to nothing. They beat the snot out of you, and they it killed a, you. It was a bully beat down, it, you know, Reestablished everything that everybody in this state has known for years about the dynamics between Clemson and South Carolina. Which is? That Clemson is always going to be the premier football school in the state. It's yeah. just, it's never going to change. It's like James Skowski says. South Carolina won five in a row and it didn't change. James Skowski says they want to be us so bad. That's why I hate them because they want to be us so bad. Not beat us, beat us. Oh, I I think one of the funniest things, I think the funniest thing that I saw this week was definitely when Jordan McFadden in the Clemson video said, uh, said, we are the university in South Carolina, they just have it on their jerseys. Yes. I mean, that was great. That was a great video. The last two weeks have been great videos with the Wake Forest week. Me and LeVon mentioned yesterday, the Wake Forest week, Skowski comes out and says, if you want to take it, come get it. If you want to take their title, you got to come get it. Um, and uh, Wake Forest couldn't do it good. I mean, if Clemson played Wake Forest again, to, if Clemson played Wake Forest this Saturday, they'd beat them the same way. I mean, I, th- I think if Clemson played, you know, two other of their opponents that they lost to this year, that it would look look a little bit different. I don't know. I, I still don't know if Clemson would beat Pittsburgh because – But it would look different than it did. Yeah, but I think Clemson would beat <clears throat> NC State. Yes. I, I do believe that. Yeah. I do believe Clemson would beat NC State. NC State got Clemson at the right time. Uh, I think Clemson could beat Pittsburgh. Don't get me wrong. I just think Pittsburgh still would be a harder game because their offense really did. Of all the offenses Clemson played this year, 
There's challenged Clemson the most, even though also Malik Cunningham by himself challenged Clemson. But he was a one person. Pittsburgh, it was their offense as a whole, what they do, their scheme and everything that really gave Clemson some issues. Primarily because Kenny Pickett, though, is back there running it. And it was the only game where it felt like Clemson was out-schemed on that side of the ball. They were. I mean, and if you don't believe me, go back and watch it. I mean, they couldn't get off the field. After midway through the second quarter, they couldn't get off the field at yeah, any Pittsburgh time. Pittsburgh literally didn't punt. They didn't punt at all. They, <laughs> after the second, they scored after midway through the second quarter. They they scored what two touchdowns and kicked two field goals. Their last four, their last five possessions, and their fifth possession, they ran out the clock. The last eight minutes of the game. Yeah, that was the worst game Clemson's defense played all year, hands down. It yeah, was. by far. Now they still had a chance to win it because if the offense made plays in the first half, that game was over. I mean, Clemson had been up seventeen to nothing before anybody sat down in their seats at Heinz Field. Uh, but that didn't happen, and so Pins, excuse me, Pittsburgh is going to the AC Championship game. Clemson is not. There are a lot of people on Twitter right now, as we kind of circle back uh, on this Hayes High School tweet, that are dissecting the picture from earlier today. And it turns out that Brent Venable's watch is set to a different time than the time that it would be in Kansas or on the East Coast. His watch is set at 2 o'clock. Which, my take on this... First is of all, Brent, they zoomed into the watch? I, yes, this is what Twitter does. This is my take on this. My take on this is Brent keeps his watch you know, set to East Coast time, and he hasn't worn this one since Daylight Savings Time. So the picture was taken at 1 o'clock, and it says 2 o'clock. Is that right? Is that, wait, spring forward, fall back? Yeah, so it would have been... No, wait. Hold on, if he took the picture at 1 o'clock and it says 2 o'clock on it, then you're exactly right that's what it is, because... You fall back. Right. So yeah. you're exactly right. Yeah, so, so that's exactly why what Why would you call him out, Alex? Because it's one thirty-nine, and if his clock says 2 o'clock, that doesn't mean he's on central time. Well, they're saying, what they're saying is that the picture was taken yesterday, is what some people in the Twitterverse are trying to say about this, uh, this picture. Yesterday afternoon, he was in Clemson because he went to his daughter's game. <laughs> I know that we know this. I'm just trying. Well, I'm why don't just, you add that to the thing? I, Tell all that. I'm doing is pointing out just the... That picture happened today because I, he wasn't there yesterday. I'm pointing out the hilarity of these oh Twitter slips. And the, the theories, I mean, there are so many theories. I mean, uh, somebody that we know said this earlier. It seems like everybody has a source nowadays. I mean, and we know this because we've gotten... We've both gotten texts from people who wouldn't be in the know about things before saying, hey, this is happening. And right, and we're like, okay. Turns out that it's Whatever, not. yeah. No, I get you. But that's I just had to point out, I thought that was that was pretty hilarious. And everybody right now, too, uh, Colin Coward posted a picture with, with Lincoln Riley as he's on his L.A. media tour right now uh, doing the, the fight on thing, little peace sign, whatever that, uh, that USC the does. Do. Yeah. And Oklahoma fans are all in a tizzy about it because they think it's a a, a shot at a shot at Baker Mayfield. Because uh, I guess Colin Coward said something bad about Baker Mayfield or something. I guess at some point I don't know. I don't know. Must be a, an Oklahoma. I, I, they wouldn't like me because I say stuff bad about Baker Mayfield all the time. Other other than the fact I love his commercials. Not that Will <laughs> he he has a future in acting. He I'm does. I tell you, I agree. I agree hundred <laughs> percent. I love his com- progressive commercials. They're very good. I mean, um, I would I would sit down and, and get a beer with Baker Mayfield. I would too. I'll be honest with you, I would too. He seems like a cool guy. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he is. I think he is too. I think I, you can hate somebody on the field. Like you can hate somebody. I hate in, him on the field because he plays for Cleveland. You can hate somebody in their job and also want to have a beer with them. 
outside of their job. Well, you can hate not football. If you hate somebody on the job you're working for, that generally no, in their job. Like you know, you might have somebody that works for another company that you're like, man, you're a rival. Yeah, you're a rival company, and you're like, man, I I hate who they work for. I hate the job that they do. But you know, I I have a beer. I with like them. him as a friend. Yeah, yeah. No, you're I mean, people I, like that. I think Baker Mayfield. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Baker Mayfield is one of those guys. I really believe that. Um, I I I drink. I'm a Steelers guy, and I have a beer with him. We went and talk Clemson. We went and talk. Excuse me, Clemson, Oklahoma, or we went and talk um, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Um, that's for sure. I can tell you that much. But and I wouldn't tell him how I feel about him as a quarterback because. You know, as a quarterback, I don't think he's a very good NFL quarterback. That's just my opinion. Yeah. But I'm with you. I think he's got a hell of a career as an actor. Yeah. What one thing that I did want to get to before we move on to the other things that we have to get to and get off of the coaching carousel. One thing that I wanted to talk about is what do these moves? You know, a coach go from Notre Dame to LSU, a coach go from Oklahoma to USC. What does that say about the landscape of college football? I mean, I think this has way more of an impact on the college football landscape than Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. No, I think so too um, because, you know, you got coaches that are going places. you got elite coaches. I mean, and I know some people will say, some SEC homers that are out there, oh my gosh, Brian Kelly, what a horrible coach to go to LSU. You're an idiot if you think that. It is not easy to win at Notre Dame like it used to be. Notre Dame is a very, very hard place to recruit to. If it was so easy to win at Notre Dame, then why before Brian Kelly came after Lou Holtz left? Which, remember, Lou Holtz left over 20 years ago, people. Maybe 25 years ago. After Lou Holtz left, until Brian Kelly got there, nobody else won. Yeah. They, they sucked. Everybody sucked. Charlie Weiss. Charlie Weiss. Yeah, and uh, what's his name, too? There's another guy in between there as well. Those guys struggled. At, at the you know um, Brian Davies, I think Coach Davies was there. Um, he didn't he didn't play he didn't coach he didn't do a very good job. And then there's Charlie Weiss, and then there was uh, the guy that was at Stanford left Stanford to come to Notre Dame. Um, what was his name? Ty Willingham. All three of those guys failed after Lou Holtz left, and then Brian Kelly comes in, and Brian Kelly's done nothing but win. Right. He's the he's the winningest coach in college football you know, from a, from a number standpoint, um, total win standpoint, uh, current winningest coach in college football. I mean, the guy's won at Notre Dame. Look at the last three, five years, what he's done. Ten win seasons all five years. He's won 10, 11 games or 12 games every year. So the guy knows how to win. He's won at a high level. I think it's ridiculous people think that about Brian Kelly. Um, he's a damn good football coach. Now, I don't like the way he treats media, um, you know, but he's a damn good football coach. And I think if you're LSU, you've got a good one. If you're if you're LSU, you got a good one. Um, so that's that on that one. So – you know, it is what it is. But then, you know, is USC really a better job than Oklahoma? Uh, depends on the person. I think if you're Lincoln Riley, you know, maybe. But you're Lincoln Riley. You're a, a he didn't like folksy the fact Southern that he guy. Wasn't, he didn't like. This all started with the move to the SEC. He was not. It was reported all, the whole time. He was not told anything about that. He had no idea that was going down. He's the football coach. He's the money winner. It's his program that makes all the money for the school, for the athletic department. And he wasn't included in that conversation. I can understand why he was PO'd. And I think this is what that comes from. Because he knows, Alex, we know this. Oklahoma ain't going in and dominating the SEC. <laughs> They're not. Right. 
I mean, they're going to eventually, they're going to compete and they're going to get up there and they'll every once in a while compete for a championship, but they're not going to do what they've done in, in the Big 12. And I think he looks at Oklahoma and he says, you know what? Nobody asked me. I'm not happy about that. Not happy with the administration, the way I was treated. I've been loyal to Oklahoma when I could have gone to Dallas and all these other places that wanted them. He said, I've been loyal to, that's what I'm thinking he's thinking. I've been loyal to Oklahoma, but Oklahoma wasn't loyal to me. And I would have told them, this isn't a good move for us because, yeah, you're thinking immediate dollar signs, but also you're not thinking about the other money that you get from competing for championships and doing the things you do and the prestige that comes along with it. I think he looked at that and says, I can go to Southern Cal, make more money, and I only got to beat one or two teams a year, and I'm playing in the college football playoff because I'm coaching Southern Cal. Right. You get Southern Cal 11 or 12 wins and you win the Pac-12 – you're going to the college football well, Also, think about who you have to recruit against at Southern Cal compared to who you have to recruit against you got UCLA, at UCLA, that's it. Because not only now do you have to recruit against you know Texas and uh, Alabama and the schools that you normally have to recruit against, LSU to some degree at Oklahoma, now you have to recruit against, you know, I mean, essentially the whole SEC. and only thing you recruit, the only thing you do experience. in Southern Cal is you recruit the whole players that live in the Southern Cal area. Yeah, I mean, you're recruiting, I guess – Against UCLA, against Oregon. Well, you're going to beat UCLA because you're Southern Cal. I know. There's only those, well, my point is it's a lot easier to recruit at the University of Southern California. Of course it is. So. But it is, and this is where I'm intrigued to see how Lincoln Riley fits into that culture, is Lincoln Riley is not a Southern Cal, California guy. Mm-hmm. He is not you know, glitz and glamour Hollywood. That That's not Lincoln Riley. But neither was Pete Carroll. Yeah, but Link, but neither Pete, was neither was John McKay. But Pete Carroll found a way to acclimate himself into that culture and still allow that culture to be a part of the program at USC. Right. I mean, and that's really here's what the made thing, Pete here's, Carroll but here's the difference, so though. successful. At Pete California. Carroll was the only game in town then. That's not the case now. They got two football teams. They got the NFL there now. When they, when Pete Carroll was there, there was no NFL teams. Right. He was the only game in town. Hey, that came you have two NFL teams. Now he's got two. So he's like he's 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 in an okay situation yeah. because because he doesn't have to worry about that as much anymore. But we'll see. Um before we get out of here, we gotta do the we gotta go through and do these um uh our ACC power rankings for this week. Um you know, we're gonna go ahead and do two we're gonna go ahead and do one and two, and we're gonna do thirteen and fourteen. Because I think we're pretty much agree that those, those, I think everybody out there knows who those teams are. So we'll start off. My number one team is Pittsburgh. No surprise. Seven and one, ten and two. Shocker. First time Coastal Division champ. First time since 1983, Pittsburgh has won ten games in a season. First time since 1981, they won ten games in a regular season. Um, I mean, those were Dan Marino era teams. Um, Great job, Pat Narduzzi. Probably going to be ACC Coach of the Year. Should be. Kenny Pickett. Should be. Absolutely should be. Kenny Pickett's going to be probably the um, Player of the Year. You know, Pittsburgh's number one team. What do you? Yeah. I mean, there's there's no question about it. I mean, just the season they had, the complete body of work, and uh, you know, I mean, I think they should beat they should beat Wake Forest in my opinion too. I mean, they're they're better defensively. Uh, Their offense. Can could match them in a shooting bat or a shootout if they needed to, uh, but I don't think they're going to have to match them in a shootout because I think Pittsburgh's defense is good enough to slow down Sam Hartman and company. Yeah, I agree with you 100. percent They're too. disciplined. Disciplined defenses beat Wake Forest. It's just 
the way that it is. A disciplined defense beats Wake Forest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I got distracted because uh, Kelly and Clark have a great trivia question that I know the answer to. And um, I'm seeing if um, anybody else does. It's called, who was the last Clemson football coach to leave Tigertown for another head college coaching job? I haven't looked at the answers, Alex, but I'm going to tell you what it is. Do you know who it is? I mean, well. The last yeah, coaching coach to leave. On his own accord, Charlie Pell. Uh-huh. Charlie Pell. There's the, you're correct, sir. Yeah, I mean. Charlie Pell. Yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, I think, did anybody get that? If nobody got, I mean, I think they're probably like, let's go see. I'm, I'm Matt, that's not a super hard one, I don't think. You wouldn't think oh. it would be. <laughs> Somebody said Oliver Purnell. <laughs> <laughs> it says Clemson football. Uh, anyway, that's pretty oh, that's good. funny. But yeah, everybody is saying Charlie Pell. Somebody said Jeff Scott. Somebody said Danny Ford. Dude, Danny Ford got fired. No, no, Danny, he just he wanted to go test the waters somewhere else. Yeah, Danny got fired. Danny was loyal to Clemson, too, at that time. He could have got a job at Alabama. He was in the running for an Alabama job opening there um, in the late 80s. Um, all right, number two team, no-brainer, Wake Forest, 7-1 and one also, 10-2. First 10-2 and two season, first 10-win season in the history of Wake Forest football. Wow. History. How about Big that? Time. Big time. I mean, I guess you could say uh, – um, Wake Forest um, coach, um, Dan Hickman, Alex. Wait, Dave Clawson. Dave Clawson, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Dave Clawson would be named head coach uh, also. I mean, coach of the year. I mean, he took Wake Forest to 10 wins. It's never yeah. happened before. I mean, I, I don't I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, yeah, remember in the preseason when uh, Wake Forest quarterback um, Sam Hartman said at media days that they're going to win at least nine games this year and everybody laughed? Yeah. Who's yeah. laughing now? <laughs> not not me. I yeah. tell you that much. Not so, uh, kind of torn because I like Wake Forest. I like the program. I like the school. The people are always so great. But then there's Pittsburgh, which is, my family has ties to. And, you know. So, me, it's not even about that. I mean, it's, it's I don't have any external factors motivate me either way. I mean, Pittsburgh's yeah. just a better football team. Right? Yeah, well, I'm going to go for Pittsburgh this week because I just, I'm going to. Um, because of family. But, but I'm not going to be sad if Wake Forest wins. You know what? Because you're pulling for Pittsburgh. I'm pulling for the and Demon that's, Deacons. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Um, all right, so that's number one and two. Number 13 and 14. Number 13, I have Georgia Tech. Yeah. Everybody's leaving Georgia Tech in a mass exodus right now. Their backup quarterback just left. Their starting running back just left. You know, If I somebody know, needs to leave. I don't know when Jeff Collins is going to yeah, leave. If somebody um, needs to leave, that's who it needs to be. Uh, but anyway, the, the Rambler Wreck finished 2-6 and six in the ACC, 3-9 and nine overall, Alex, they didn't score a single point in the last two games. Wow. Not a single point. You know, it's crazy when they beat North Carolina, everybody was like, you know what, maybe you know, maybe they'll mess around and get bowl eligible. I mean, that was actually a thought that people had, me, yeah, myself included. I, myself included, too. I thought, okay, maybe they can do this. And then it's just all, all hell broke but loose. Then, but, then all, <laughs> but then all of a sudden reality hit, and – we all find out that Georgia Tech is the Georgia Tech we've known for a while and that Jeff Collins is still trying to build something. So Alex is talking about after they beat Duke, that was their last win. They won 31-27. to um, That was on October 9th. All right? So the next week, their last three games, excuse me, their last four games counting Georgia. Why isn't Georgia on this schedule? This is weird. 
They all got Georgia on the score. Oh, here it is. So here's what they did after that last win. That was their last win. They lost to Virginia, 48-40. They lost to Virginia Tech, 26-17. They lost to Miami, 33-30. That was their best game of the losses. They lost to Boston College, 41-20. excuse me. They lost to Notre Dame, 55-0, and Georgia, 55-0. They got outscored 100-0 the last two games. Wow. 100 to nothing. One of those to your rival. That stings. That does stink. You know. Uh, so Georgia Tech is number 13. Uh, number 14. Ugh. Talk about another team that, that, that laid in. They literally laid in. And this is another addition to the coaching carousel. That's right. That nobody's talking nobody's about. Talking There's about. an opening at Duke. There's um, an opening at Duke. Uh, but Duke. Mutually uh, agreed to part ways. Yes. That means he's retiring. Uh, David Claus, excuse me, David Cutcliffe no longer at Duke, which makes Dabo Sweeney the longest tenured coach in the ACC now. Yep. Um, Duke is zero and eight. They finished zero and eight in the ACC, three nine overall. They beat three of the worst teams in college football. They did. It was bad. Um, you know. So and this goes back to what I said at the beginning of the year that some people looked at me like I was crazy when I said when Duke lost to Charlotte, I said. Charlotte is more talented than How Duke. How bad is Northwestern? Because Duke beat North Carolina A&T, they beat Northwestern, and they beat Kansas. They've, they Then they didn't win in a single. They were 3-1 and one at that point. They finished 3-9. and nine. They lost eight straight to end the season. Yep. Georgia Tech, I think, lost their last six. Duke lost their last eight. They are clearly the two worst teams in the Atlantic Coast Conference. Now comes the fun. There are, there are some things that you and I – Disagree, disagree on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, here we go. Number 12. My number 12 is Boston College. 2-6 and six overall. 6-6 six and six in the ACC. Um, they got hammered their last two games. George, I mean, they daily lost by 3 to Florida State, but they were down 26-3 at home to Florida State, who lost to Florida. Yeah. I mean, I don't understand. still don't understand how that happened. So... Then they lose, they get hammered to Wake Forest, which is no surprise there, but they got hammered to Wake Forest, 41 to 10. Gosh, they scored only 10 points against Wake Forest. Yeah. Wake Forest got the worst defense in the ACC, and they scored 10 points on them. Boston College, even though they're bowl eligible and they're going to a bowl, good for Boston College. I love their coach, but. They're my number thirteen. No, my, my number twelve. I can't. I can't. My I can't, number twelve. I can't, I can't do that. I can't okay, do that. you go ahead. Here's why I can't do that. This is why I can't do that. Syracuse. They did beat Boston College handily. They did beat Boston College handily. You know, I'm big on that. I'm big on the head-to-head too. But you had three opportunities at the end of the season to get bowl to get bowl eligible, and you couldn't do it. And you couldn't do it. Now, in all fairness, though, one of those was against Pittsburgh. One of those was against Pittsburgh. One of them was against NC State. Two of the best teams. You had to go to Louisville. I mean, you had to play two games on the road that were difficult, and you had to play those. The Louisville game was the most disappointing of those three. Right. Well, they just got it hammered. But if you've got three opportunities to be bowl eligible, and you don't take it, you you don't really put you don't put up a fight in any of those games. You scored three points at Louisville. You got a field goal at Louisville. It's not like Louisville has the uh, world beater defense. And then you've got your your running back goes on Twitter yesterday, and it's or after the game on Saturday, and it's talking about how he didn't like the play calling. Right. I mean, it, your star running back, Sean Tucker. I mean, you can't. I can't put them 
uh, ahead of any bowl eligible teams because of that. I'm with you on that. Um, so I mean, I understand your point on that. I have no issues because of the record. You got you know Boston College was one game better overall in the standings and the regular yeah. in the overall conference race. I mean overall. Overall for the season, six and six. Syracuse was five and seven. So I'm fine with that because of that. That Boston College did have the better overall record, um, and Boston College dealt with a lot of adversity during the season. That right, led to. So I'm fine. Record. I'm fine with you doing that. Now Syracuse is my number eleven team because of head to head. Right. I know how they ended the season with three straight losses, and it was horrible, and they just didn't play very good. But two of those were against top tier teams in the conference. And the other, the one they laid the egg that they had an ultimate chance it was against Louisville. Should have showed out better, but I still look at head to head. To me, now if Boston College and Syracuse probably played at the end of the year, Boston College probably wins that game. Right. But I can't take away to the fact that they did play it, and so and they lost. Boston College lost to them. And to me, when you're both two and six in the conference, and they beat you right. head to head, that means they go ahead of you in the power rankings too, because in the standings. They're ahead of you because they're too, right. they beat you head to head. And this now in this next one, I th- I agree with you. In okay. the next the next pair. Okay, so my number ten is North Carolina. Um, they finished three and five overall, six and six. Um, man, they blew it. They blew it against NC State. Yep. I've never seen a team just totally lay an egg in the final minute and two minutes and twelve seconds in my entire life. I mean, that was just. One of the, I, I did you watch Auburn play the last two weeks? Yeah, yeah, but Auburn didn't blow it like that. Auburn didn't blow it like that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Sixty-four you're right. yard touchdown, two touchdowns in twenty-six seconds, seconds. exactly, including an onside kick where your guy was like, "Nope, I don't want the football. <laughs> you can have it. You know what? Get another shot." You, you, you go ahead and take it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, jumped over the ball. So I, I got North Carolina number ten. Um, I'm assuming you agree then. Yeah, I, I agree in North Carolina being 10. The only thing that I've changed so far is I flipped Syracuse and Boston College. Much okay. as I hate to do that because of head-to-head. I do have uh, North Carolina 10. Okay, and then number 9, I got Florida State. Florida State. Also, head-to-head Florida, plays a part in that, and North Carolina was 3-5 and five in the conference. And, and Florida, Florida State was 4-4. Four four. Four. It makes an easy choice, in my opinion. Even yeah. though North Carolina's bowl eligible and Florida State's not. But in the conference, Florida State was better in the standings. Because Why? They beat them head to head. You gotta hate life if you're a Florida State fan. Uh, you have that game against NC State where you're missing, you know, 15 players. Yeah, and that's the really the difference between you going to a bowl game. You know and who? That's also the difference. That's the difference of Clemson playing for the AC Championship this week. Yeah, uh, maybe I don't know. Uh, you know, it's just crazy. But well, that no, one's even maybe worse not, because Wake Forest did win. So well, maybe that not. one's even worse because it's just a flu, like. You know, back yeah. in the day, you set out for the flu. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, that that's a so number ten F, UNC number nine FSU uh, number eight. I have Louisville. Uh, they finished four and four, six and six. Uh, they laid an egg. They laid an egg, but they laid they they got pummeled. They got hammered by by our Kentucky Wildcats. Our Kentucky Wildcats. I mean, yes. we, earlier in the season, I might not have been as happy about this, but, but you know, I, hey. I, I go, was. go Cats, baby. Go, go Cats. Go Cats, man, because we know our people. I'm glad are... we got Mark Stoops on that extension. Absolutely. He ain't going nowhere. He's staying right here in Lexington. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Big Blue Nation unites. <laughs> Anybody go back to the previous things you'll the podcast, you'll know why me and Alex are saying that. Um, because uh, the people of Kentucky were very good to us a few weeks ago, and we'll, we'll always remember that and appreciate that. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, the people in Lexington, Kentucky, that is. So, um, so yeah, so and nothing against Louisville people. Louisville people are great, too, when we've been up there. I mean, I, I like them, too. But, in this sense, I have to pull for Kentucky because of what the, the folks at Lexington did for it, us. And it just means more here in the SEC. Well, speaking of that, <laughs> LeVon noticed this yesterday. Oh, man, this is the did best Did you notice ever. this part right here? Yes, I showed it to you in Where the press says, box. it just means and more we laughed, Clemson? We laughed at Oh, <laughs> LeVon noticed that part. I was showing him this. Like you guys can't me. see it. It's the flip card that they gave us to the press box in Columbia. And above the the flip card, mind you, this isn't like something they give out to fans. or it, this, this is media. For the media. It says it just means more Southeastern Conference. But it says it just means more above Clemson, which is which hilarious. is hilarious. Which is hilarious. I think they, they'll make sure they don't mess that up next time. But this will be tweeted later by me. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, uh, I didn't do it yesterday because of the whole Brent Venables thing that was going out. Uh, so I'm gonna hold that for later. Um, anyway, uh, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, so uh, I got Louisville number eight. Um, number seven is for first of all. Do you agree with Louisville number eight? Are you okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Okay, uh, so Virginia number seven. Uh, the Cavaliers finished four and four, six and six overall. Lost their last four games. Yeah, I think if Louisville didn't go get embarrassed in their rivalry game, that which Virginia got embarrassed in the rivalry game too. I, well, I Virginia got a different that. kind of embarrassed. They're yeah. throwing they're throwing the ball to their offensive lineman in a key situation. Yeah, you know, you know, um, which might explain the uh, you know all ACC team that <laughs> might have explained it. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know why you're throwing the ball to your offensive lineman on third and goal. And, but know, then again, I so, saw Sam Hartman throw the ball to nobody a bunch of times when he came to Clemson, so I don't know. Well, yeah, that's different, though. If Sam Hartman was playing Clemson, I'd be throwing the ball, too, to get Tyler Davis not to eat me for lunch. You <laughs> know. Um, but anyway, but yeah, I got Virginia ahead of Louisville, Alex, because, yeah, Louisville finished the season better, but again, man, it's head-to-head. Yeah. And Louisville at Virginia came back from 18 points down in Louisville to win that game. Uh, I can't forget that. Um that's why the Cavaliers are at number seven. Number six is easy. Virginia Tech's number six because they, they beat, beat Virginia. Virginia. I mean, it's as easy as that. And, um, and they know, got a new head coach. Things are looking good. up in Blacksburg. They're, uh, they're feeling good themselves in Blacksburg. They were two weeks ago, I'll tell you that. Yeah. They've won 21 of the last 23 meetings and 17 of the last 18 against the Cavaliers. Wow. There's a reason why Frank Howard called Virginia the white meat on the schedule. Yes, it is. And man, Sorry, Bronco. Okay, Virginia, you, you have that record against Clemson, which is horrible, and now you've done it with your rival. And this is when you care about football more than yeah. you did when Clemson was beating the snot out of you every year. You know, George Welch came, and he changed all that. They started caring about football. You know? George Welch would be mad to see this right here. He'd be very upset to see You this. think? Yeah. I mean, you lost to an interim coach? Oh, my gosh. Miami, I got at number five. Um, that was, game was at Scott Stadium, too. But I know. At home. At home. On senior day. And they had the offense they had. Virginia Tech's got the worst offense in the ACC. Mm. And Virginia Tech beat mm. them. And held them to 24 points. Mm. Mm. Talking about overthinking things. Mm. Coaches overthought things that get for, for, for Virginia in that game. Um, hey, Virginia Tech's in her head, though. Yep. Um, you know, Clemson know a lot about that. Clemson's in South Carolina said. Yeah, this is also where I feel like I feel like from 
the top six of the con- or the top seven of the conference is pretty straight up. I think so too. Uh, number five is Miami, five and three, seven and five. No issues there. I think they're. I mean, honestly, props to Manny Diaz for finding a way to to finish the season on a on a positive um, note after the start they had. Yeah, after the start they had, and then also having the just heartbreak they lost. Yeah, the ball State. not bouncing their ways their well, way. There were three games this year: Florida State, North Carolina, and Virginia. Three games they easily could have won. Maybe ten and two. Yeah, and on a nine-game winning streak. <laughs> if it wasn't for those three games, wow, they're close. They are. They're close. Um, I think my don't I, have an AD, but you know they're, they're close. close. They're close. <laughs> um, I think Manny Diaz is fine for this year. He's got to show. Well, yeah, he doesn't have anybody that can next fire year. Him. He's got to show. He's got to show the new AD next year that he can get to ten wins. Mm-hmm. He's got to do it next year. If he doesn't, I think maybe he's not there. He, he maybe he's at eighty six. So we'll see. Clemson, I got it number four. You okay yeah. with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, and the only reason is because the, the three guys, the t- the guy right ahead of them, head to head, and they're nine and three. If Clemson was ten and two, maybe we think it's different. Yeah, but Clemson's nine and three, and um, you know, it's great as Clemson finished the season. Right now, they are the fourth best team in the ACC as far as standings go and power rankings. Mm-hmm. I really think, though, Clemson's probably playing the best of anybody in the conference right I now. I think so, too. Um, and I think Clemson could really – if Clemson got in that ACC championship game, I wouldn't be surprised to see them win it if they gotten in. Um, number three, <clears throat> NC State. This is why Clemson's number four. NC State got the head-to-head against Clemson, even though I think right now Clemson's a better team than NC State overall. But NC State is 6-2 and two and 9-3. and three. So there's our ACC power rankings. That's my final power rankings of the year. Yeah, because it's a championship game next week. There's nothing really else to to do. Um, you know, you just put one or two up there, and everybody else stays the same. Um, so, by the way, we got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, <clears throat> eight, nine, ten ACC teams. The second best mark in conference history. Ten ACC teams are qualified to, for bowl games and will play in bowl games this year. So, congratulations to those guys. All of them extending their season. We appreciate you guys listening to us today on the podcast. Um, try to be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll see if uh, we get uh, LeVon back. Again, uh, appreciate Alex stepping in for us today and, and helping fill, fill the void. Um, we'll know more tomorrow about Brent Venables. We'll be able to talk about that maybe and see where we're going from there. But for Alex Dodd, I'm Amanda Ford. We appreciate you joining us. I believe in Clemson football with LeVon Kirkland. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.